After three years of extreme drought, California flushed trillions of gallons of rainwater from the January storms out to the ocean instead of saving it in reservoirs and pumping it to farmers. It is disheartening to watch all that water go out to the ocean. There are many communities that either have no water or very little water. While we need that water, we're watching it go out to the ocean. California farmers are getting pinched by the water shortage and over 500,000 acre of land was fallowed last year. There are at least a dozen major producers that have already gone out of business this year. They go somewhere else. They don't come back to California, they don't come back to farming, and it's gonna get worse. As all these farms go out of business, our food security is gonna be in danger. My guest today is Mark Nakeda, a fourth generation farmer, and he's the CEO of California United Water Coalition. Mark is here to give us an insider perspective on what farmers are facing in California and his efforts to save his family farm and tradition. My own kids are wondering whether they should even try it because they're saying, Dad, does it look like there's a future? And I, I can't tell them they're wrong. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. We had all this rain, and you're a farmer, yes. and you've been involved with the farming community in California. Yes. We had all this rain, and yes. unfortunately, 95% of the water went through the delta. We, the pumps were not working over time, so right. we lost a lot of this water in right. the rain. Right. We want to get into all this and right. discuss this with you. Okay. But can you tell us what's going on in the farming community right now in California? Well, the farmers, on the one hand, are very thankful because uh, of all the rain uh, is the best blessing God could ever bestow upon us and we're all super thankful. But it is disheartening to watch all that water go out to the ocean because what we need is we need to capture that water and, and here in the, in the San Joaquin Valley, we need to put that water back in the ground. We need to fill our underground uh, reservoirs and so there are many communities that either have no water or very little water. There's a lot of wells that are going dry in the valley because there's not enough groundwater. And that, that has never been the case. It is now. And so while we need that water, we're watching it go out to the ocean. And so it, it's, 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 we're thankful for the water, but we're also dismayed tremendously dismayed that we can't capture more of it. And, and there is so much regulation that is keeping us from taking the water. Now tell us about what's been the impact of this drought on, on your community. Like, right. So how do the farmers deal with this? Right, well, they, they, they've been trying. Uh, most farmers have increased their efficiency uh, in water usage by somewhere between 50 and 80 percent. So in other words, they're 50 to 80 percent more efficient than they used to be. And it's all because they're trying to use less water. Um, when, when our surface water got cut back to between zero and five percent, we ended up having to start to pump more groundwater. And then when the, the surface water got taken from us and we could no longer recharge uh, the groundwater, 
then it's put us in a very bad position. And, and, and just to let you know, uh, last year, there were over 732,000 acres that of, 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 of farmland that went out of business. And the governor wants another million acres to go out this year. So meaning they, they didn't plant them and they're, are they gonna Those come farmers back? went out of business, no. They went out of business. No, there are, there are at least a dozen major producers of table grapes, eggs, dried fruit, almonds, and several other commodities that have already gone out of business this year, already. And it's gonna get worse. Is it because of water? It's because of lack of water. It's because of overregulation. Uh, it's be in some cases, it's because of, of low farm prices uh, due to uh, not being able to move the product. Uh, as an example with almonds, we can't, we're having trouble shipping our almonds overseas because of the, you know, the, 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 port. the ports yeah. problems and all that. And so all of these factors are coming together to really uh, provide an impossible situation. And, and unfortunately, as all these farms go out of business, our food security is gonna be in danger. And we've already seen it like with eggs. I mean, it's hard to find eggs. And it's got a lot more expensive now. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, it, and it's gonna get worse. There's a gentleman uh, who just, just hung it up and he's one of the largest egg producers and it was gonna cost him $5 million to retrofit his operation to meet the current um, regulations, and he just decided to hang it up. I'm done. So he shut down the business? Shut, shut the business down, and he's not coming back. And see, the thing is, is that when all these businesses shut down, they're great people that are skilled, they go somewhere else. And Do so they go to other states? Other states, or get involved in other businesses, and, but they don't come back to, to California, they don't come back to farming. And so even if these regulations were to be relaxed, we could not just turn the production back on because there's not the people. And, and unfortunately, there are at, at the universities, there are a lot of, of people that used to be studying agriculture that are now shifting and going into other things because they realize there's no future. So the brain drain in our industry will be lasting f for a long, long time. And it's, and it's gonna hurt. Today's episode is sponsored by Birch Gold. Is the rising inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings and retirement? Don't let your savings and retirement be impacted by government policies. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. Protect yourself with gold. You can make it yours now and own gold and silver in a tax shelter retirement account. Visit birchgold.com California to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birchgold can help you. Do it today by visiting birchgold.com California. Now let's go back to the interview. Now, do you think there is a future in this space? You have been, your family has been farming for many years, right? Yes, you, yes. Can you tell us more about your background yes, with the farming? Yes, I'm fourth generation Japanese American. Um, my whole family has farmed for 120 years in this valley. So we have deep roots in the valley. Uh, we're very proud uh, people. And 
uh, it is it is really uh, disheartening to see what's going on. I mean, my own kids are wondering whether they should even try it because they're saying, Dad, doesn't look like there's a future. And I, I can't tell them they're wrong. So it, it's, it's very hard because many of us work our whole lives to, to build what we have. And for our kids to not have that opportunity, it, it, it's, it really, um, it's really hard on your soul. It really is. So, and it's not their fault. It's not our fault. Um, as an example, this water thing is, it's, it's, it's a regulation problem. So in terms of the farming community in California, you mentioned that a bunch of farmers went out of business. And you're saying this is not going to come back. Right. It takes time for right. it. What's, right. what's been the impact to the community? Are, are you losing? Well, as, as an example, the, the four grape growers I'm talking about, um, they're all from Delano and Arvin. And each one of these companies has been around at least 60 years, some 100 years. And they've decided to just hang it up. Uh, we're, we're done. And, and so that's going to take 25,000 acres of table grapes out of production. And so when table grape prices are higher this summer, when there's times when you, don't, you can't find table grapes in the store, that'll be the reason why. Because it, it, I mean, it's becoming impossible. It costs somewhere between twenty-five and thirty-five thousand dollars an acre to farm table grapes. That's a lot of Why money. Why is that? Is it because of the water? What it, are the it's, regulations? It, it's water. It's it's labor. It's regulations. They've they've taken away a lot of the uh, inputs we used to be able to use. As an example, our fertilizer has gone up four times. You you can't have a fourfold increase in fertilizer and keep prices the same. It just, it, it doesn't work. This, what happens in farming is that farmers try to way to cut back. They cut back, they cut back. But when you get to bone and you're cutting on bone, there's nothing else to cut back. And that's where these poor guys are, is, is they've cut everything back they can. They, 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 they can't cut anything else out. And, and they still can't make it. And, and so that's, that, when that happens to you, you gotta hang it up because you're not going to make it. And that's what's going on. And, and, and so uh, whether you're talking, I mean, water, that's kind of like the last straw. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, because right now what farmers are facing is not only are they paying fees, which range from anywhere from 25 to $250 an acre, but they're paying on average $500 an acre foot for water over their allotment. So let's say your allotment is, is two acre feet and it takes four and a half acre foot to farm table grapes, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to pay 500 times two and a half. To buy the rest. To buy the rest of the water. So, so well, it, that's the penalty. Now some districts are gonna charge you for the additional water on top of that. So it's gonna be between 1,250 and $2,500 an acre for the extra water. The, there's, not, there's not anywhere near that kind of money in it. I mean, a farmer's gonna be lucky on a, on, a, on a regular year, he might make $150, $200 an acre. So when you're talking about those kind of numbers, he's going backwards so fast, 
there's no it's way. It's not worth it. So some people argue, why don't they plant something else? Yeah. Is that is that doable? Yeah. Well, so I I that's fine. But when you, like like a lot of growers, when they plant a crop, a permanent crop, let's say trees or vines or something like that. Like it's almonds, because yeah, a lot of people almonds, complain yeah. that almonds yeah, get yeah, a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, so it's going to cost you somewhere between eight and twenty thousand dollars to bring that almond from the time that you plant it to production. Do so you got that investment? So, when you have that kind of investment in a crop, it is hard to just yank it out because you're going to lose all that money all that investment. And then what happens is, is your bank's looking at you saying, what the heck are you doing? Like, you've got all this invested, and you're going to pull it out. Your land value is going to drop. How are you going to pay us back? Do, do the farmers have a lot of loans on their land? Oh, absolutely. Most farmers have a crop loan every year. So as a, let me give you another example. Let's say like, like several of the growers in a coalition, okay? Let's say they have, I'm just going to use round numbers, okay? Let's say a, a grower has 1,000 acres, okay? And let's say that he's got a $8 million crop loan, okay? What, every year, what he has to do is he has to pay that $8 million back to be able to borrow it again. And what happens is banks watch that stuff very closely because they're super regulated by the feds. So they can't have bad loans on the books. So you have to find a way to pay your loan back so that you can reborrow it. Because, you know, it's going to cost you between 2500 and, and like table grapes, $35,000 an acre to farm. Most growers don't have that kind of money. That's a lot of money. So you have to borrow the money to do So you do have to that. borrow the money. And, and then and if it, you can't pay back, what will happen? You lose your farm. They foreclose on you. And most almond farmers, they haven't been paid for at least two years, some three years. So all the money they thought they had, their, the money they saved up has gone to pay the banks back, right? Well, this, the, the crop is still in the shed. Because with, with the uh, logistics and stuff, we can't move it. So even if we have orders, we can't sell it. Meanwhile, the cost is going up because of the water. The water cost has gone up. Well, right? not only that, th these almonds, you can't store them in room temperature. So you have to put them in cold storage or storm. So you're paying every month cold storage bill. So that just reduces your potential profit. So, it, I mean, it's hard right now. It is really, really hard. And, 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 and this, this, this water penalties and stuff, I mean, it's, it's really just the final straw for a lot of growers. It is just the final straw. Now, why do you think this water went into the ocean? Like that uh, there is a Supreme Court ruling. Can you explain yeah, what's great, happening? Great with question. That? So between January 1st and January 18th, an average of 300,000 acre feet of water went out the Sacramento River to the ocean every day. Every day. Which was a lot more than, because yeah. of the rain, we had a lot more, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, like I was talking to Darcy about Diamond Valley, Diamond Valley Lake down here. Okay, that's a million acre feet. It would have took three days to fill the whole thing to fill the lake with the extra water? Three days, okay? Well, what happened is, is that Governor Newsom in his, in his infinite wisdom 
decided that he didn't like the Trump policy that was coming down in 2019, which has since been rescinded by the Biden administration. So he created this uh, uh, tran uh, temporary transfer uh, law. And what it says is, is that if you want to take water, what you have to do is you have to first, you have to uh, provide uh, uh, sufficient flow for the smelt for a minimum of 14 days, which is 25,000 acre feet per day. Well, they didn't give us any credit for it being 300 because mm -hmm. they need at least 25. So the first 14 days, the reason all that water ran out to the ocean is because of that, this, this rule. And then Governor Newsom extended another five days on top of that. Now keep in mind, it's to protect the smelt, right? Mm -hmm. You know they haven't been able to find a smelt in the Sacramento River in years? Yeah, the numbers is almost instinct. They, the they, numbers they, they, they can't find it. You want to know why? It's a good question. They're they saying it's because of the pump, because of... Uh, that's a lie. There's this, okay, the, the smelt is, is not a natural species. It's, it's, uh, it's introduced invasive species. There's another invasive species that eats the smelt, and that's the stripers. Uh. Now, I don't know if you know much about striped bass, but they're like, in fresh water, they're like great white sharks. Hmm. They, they don't ever get full. They just keep eating. Like, like if you were to ever go to a lake that has striped bass in it, and they, they chase this thing called shad, which is a bait fish. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like smell. It's cousin to smell, right? And uh, if you watch it, these striped bass will chase this uh, shad around. This shad is so scared of the stripers, they literally will come, come out, will fly 10 feet out of the water to get away from the stripers. Hmm. Because stripers just they just they just decimate the population, like it's just crazy what they do, mm. and and so these stripers they were they were saying oh well we need to improve the habitat for the smelt so they can hide from the striper, no. Once that striper's on that smelt, that striper's gonna get the smelt. I promise you that mm. he will get them. So there now, is no escape. So now, there was a Supreme Court ruling mm. that. Mm. Uh, limited the number of hours the water can be pumped out right. of it. So that, is that the cause of us letting the water down the, to the ocean? And That's part of it, yeah. So there was this uh, ruling by Judge Wagner, who's a federal judge, and Judge Wagner ruled that uh, we need to protect the, the smelt. Uh, but like I said, smelt is not a native species, so we're not helping the habitat, helping the environment. It was just an excuse. It was an excuse to, to stop the pumping because the, the specialists don't want us pumping. Okay. Well, so what it is is, and I'm, I'm gonna get back to this, is that okay? This 300,000 acre feet going out, right? Mm -hmm. You know what the total? If we're running the federal pumps and the state pumps at 100 percent, you know how much water we pump? How much? 31,000 acre feet. So only 10 percent. Maximum. That's when the pumps are going. 100%. And this water is coming to go to your yeah, agricultural and this water farm, farms, to Central This Valley. water comes down the aqueduct, mm -hmm. and it either goes into San Luis, or it comes to the valley, or it goes to L.A., right? Well, our L.A. brothers 
are losing their Colorado River water, at least a, a great extent yeah. of it. So they need water. We need water to fill the underground water supply in the San Joaquin Valley. So you guys need water down here. We need water in the San Joaquin Valley. And, and our illustrious governor has decided, well, pumping 4,000 acre feet a day is enough. So we were doing 4,000. We had the capacity to do 31,000. And we had about 300,000 going out. Yeah, so 300,000 going out. The, now, the feds, the feds were pumping full blast. Their, their pumps can pump 8,000 cubic feet, I mean, acre feet per day. They're pumping 8,000 acre feet a day. Those federal pumps are going, blowing and going. And I mean, where are they going? They're 100%. They're going into the aqueduct. Okay. So this water that's coming out of the aqueduct is not coming from the state. It's coming from the feds. So the feds were supplying the water to, to you the guys. feds are pumping full blast. But the California state is, is it because of that court ruling that it limits it to 4,000? It, it was because it of Gavin Newsom's uh, ruling. Gavin, okay, so California is under a state of emergency, right? Still, yeah. from Corona, right? Gavin Newsom, if he wanted to set that aside. He could do it. He is could it? do it right now. He could have did it on day one. And we'd be pumping 31,000 acre feet a day instead of eight or 10. Now. And, and, and so what it is, is, is that we could use the water in the San Joaquin Valley badly. We badly need that How water. How much that water could help you guys? if we were to do it for a few days, like? Oh, it, w it would help tremendously because you got to remember that, that California growers in general, right, will, will, will over pump somewhere between five and eight million acre feet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, what happens is when we, when we get rain, it fills some of that back. But we're still upside down, we still have a deficit. So what we need to do is we need to fill this underground water supply. So part of it will come from the aqueduct, that would help. The other part that would help is this flood water. You know, the water that, yeah. that, that comes out of the mountains, yeah. right? As an example, I will tell you in Madera County, um, they have what's called the East Side Bypass. And what that is, that's a, that's a flood control measure where when too much water comes down out of the mountains, this bypass takes the water out so that it doesn't flood the towns, okay? Do you know that the farmers can't touch that water? Why not? Because the state board uh, will only allow you to take water if they approve your permit. So if you, okay, it's gonna cost you $6,000 to apply. It takes you eight to 10 months to get an answer back. When the well, rain is already gone. It's gone. So you have to apply for the hope of the rain. In yeah, yeah. What farmers are doing today is they're putting pumps in the bypass and they're taking the water. They're just doing it. Because it's what needs to happen. Now, they're not getting credit. So, you know, we talked about the penalties, you know, yeah. getting charged $500 an acre foot. So these growers are gonna face this $500 penalty per acre foot in the summertime, and they're still pumping the water. You know why? Because they know they need to, to rebuild their underground water supply. So the growers at their own expense are doing what they need to do with no help from the state. 
it costs between two and three thousand dollars a day just in diesel to run a pump. And a lot of these pumps have two, three, four, five, uh, a lot of these growers have two, three, four, five pumps going. They're spending between six and ten thousand dollars a day to do this. To do this. Because they want to make sure that they have the water. Because they, they, they've kind of, it seems like you guys have lost any hope from in, in our state government. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. See, and, and far, farmers are, are very resilient people. And if you leave a farmer alone, he will do what he needs to do. Farmers were the first environmentalists, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. You guys have this the environmentalist. There's a clash, right? They're kind of they have the say in the state, but from another perspective, the farmers are really close to the environment. My friend Darcy makes a good point, and that is this: farmers are the true environmentalists. She calls these other groups, like the smelt protectors, special interests, because they're not trying to protect the environment. They're trying to make money. So these, these groups, they make millions and millions of dollars filing lawsuits. And they win a lot of them. And so it's a money-making venture. And then they take the money and they pass it out amongst some of the politicians. And so the politicians end up siding with the special interests. So you got politicians and special interests against the farmers. That's what you have today. And so what I'm saying is, is that we need the good people of California to stand up with us and push back. Because the one thing that we do have, God, is we do have a constitution. We have a Bill of Rights in this country. So if we all decide we're going to vote a certain way, it doesn't matter how much money the special interests have they're still going to lose the ballot box. So what are you guys, the farmers, doing about this? Kay. I think it seems like you guys have lost the connection to the state leaders. Yes. Because for whatever reason, yes. and I personally don't think the state leaders would do these things on purpose. It's kind of probably they don't understand what they're doing. My perspective on this is that they may not know what they're signing. They sign something, they see the research, right. they see the science. Right. Right. But what do you guys... Are, what are you guys doing? Super yeah, super question. Great question. So what it is is... And there's another perspective is that it could be that this people look at the farming industry and they say, okay, this is 3% of the state's economy. Right. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Right. I'd rather talk about the technology or this field right. or that field. Right, right, um, right. So what are you guys doing or what can you guys do about this? Great. So, so what we're doing is, on the one hand, we are asking our friends and neighbors, like Metropolitan Water District, we're asking them to alert their constituents about the problem. And we, what we need is we need at least half of the voters of the state to stand with us and vote for water infrastructure vote to uh, set aside these environmental regulations so that we can do the things we need to do, like, like, it, like pump the flood water. I mean, the only thing standing between pumping the flood water and, 
in us is the state board, who's all appointed by Governor Newsom. There's appointees. And so if he told them, hey, let the farmers pump the water, that would put millions of acre feet. we have a flood. There's all these water coming out of it. <laughs> <We're flooded. laughs> we have extra water. Out, right? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of thing that we should be able to do very easily. And if you give the farmers the water, they know what to do with it. But if they can't access it, th there's no way, right? So, so what I'm saying is, is that the good people of California have the opportunity to stand up and be heard. They need to take it. And so what it is, we'll provide the leadership, but we need the, the people to stand with us. And, and that's really what this comes down to. And it doesn't matter whether it's water, doesn't matter whether it's crime, doesn't matter whether it's inflation, doesn't matter whether it's CRT, all this woke stuff. I mean, you pick your subject. If the, if the voters stand together, stand united, right? If the voters stand united, we can still push back because we still have a Constitution and a Bill of Rights, at least so far. And, and really, at, at, at the end of the day, this is really a fight between good and evil, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, all of these things that, that happen in China are just horrifying to me. I, I can't believe the Chinese Communist Party could treat its people the way it does. I'm just, I'm blown away. I, I don't understand how you could treat another human being like that, right? And what I'm worried about is if we don't stand and fight for our country, we're gonna end up like that. Hmm. None of us want that. Now here's the second part of that story, is that food security matters. When we give up our food security, it, then we are giving up control of our country to others. So when you said uh, there was about 700,000 plus acres that of, farm, of farmland that went no, out no, of business. Last year. Yeah. Last year. Where does the food come from? Does this go to, uh, are we relying on other countries uh, to, to provide the food? Is it other, uh, South America? Yeah, we're, we're importing more now this year than we did last year because of that. Now, I tell you what will happen this year is not only will there be, like, let's say, less almonds, there'll be, there's going to be less grapes, there's going to be less stone fruit, there's going to be less milk, so there's the going to be less chickens. the food prices will go up, right? On everything. I mean, food prices, if, if this all happens, food prices will at least double, maybe triple. What about the state leaders? You know, it's hard to understand that. that have you guys had any dialogue with with the legislatures, a little bit. It's hard to understand that they don't they don't they couldn't see this or. Well, well some of them do, which is why they all they wrote all those letters to the governor about the water. So we're gonna we're having like this meeting on the 18th, and we're gonna ha we're gonna meet with several politicians, and we're gonna they're gonna take our message back to the legislature. There's a lot of new legislators. Uh, and they need to get educated on what's really going on. It's complicated. It's, it's compli a complex it's issue. A very it takes, yeah, it very takes a few, uh, a lot of studying. Right, and so it can't just be us. It has to be other legislators who, who are veterans, who understand the subject and can speak to their fellow legislators uh, about what's really going on. It has to be, it ha it's like anything else. There needs to be a group effort. 
It can't just be one person or this person or that person. As an example, Darcy and some of her water experts are going to be at this February 18th meeting. And their job at the meeting is to educate these politicians on really the the, the deep workings of water. So, so as an example... So you guys are having your coalition, which you, you created this coalition, right? Yes. To actually organize people to, to bring this message to the state leaders. Yes. And you're bringing water experts together. Yes. And you have a meeting in a few weeks with the yes. state leaders, right? Yes. Yes. And so we're... When I say a coalition, I really mean a coalition. So we have two groups of water experts. These, these are water engineers. These are hydrologists. These are some of the best water people on the planet. They live here in California, believe it or not. I mean, they're world renowned. And they're part of these groups. And to, to, have, those, to have those guys in your corner to have them explain to you not only the history of water in the state, but how we can solve these problems. It, 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 you can't help but wonder, well, how come these guys aren't running this? Because it, obviously they, they, they're total experts. Meanwhile, the governor has his appointees. Uh, as an example, the chairman, he doesn't have a background in water. He was an English major in college, for God's sakes. He's not a water expert. Come on. We, 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 we need people who are pros, the best of the best, right? It doesn't matter whether it's water or any of these other subjects. What you want is you want the best. In California, in, in California, we have a lot of really, really talented people that do all kinds of things. We have the most innovative people here. A lot yeah, of innovation here. Exactly. Why don't we take advantage of it? Now, have you ever thought about quitting in this process? Because it's it seems to be <laughs> painful, right? It, it, and you kind of see where things are headed. Have you ever thought about quitting? I think about it every day. Every day. Um, I think about it every day, but I really feel like that I would not be doing uh, my family and my people justice if I just give up. So I got to see it through. I have to. Uh, my, my grandfather was my hero. His father was an immigrant. His father, because he was a Japanese immigrant, could not own property. So when my grandfather was born, my great-grandfather put all his property under my grandfather's name. And then when the Great Depression came, he went bankrupt. But he didn't go bankrupt under his name, he went <laughs> bankrupt <laughs> under my grandfather's <laughs> name. It took my grandfather until 1967 or 68, but he paid back every penny. Wow of that debt. Not that he had to, but it was the right thing to do. And he, it was personally important to him to pay it back. I can't quit because of our family's legacy. That would be dishonoring my grandfather. I won't do it. I won't do it. I have to see this through. 
that's just me. Mark Nakada, multi-generational farmer and California United Water Coalition leader. It's yes, great sir. to have you on California Insider. Thank you. It was a wonderful beer. Thank you very much for having me. We want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list. You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to InsiderCA.com and sign up. Thank you for watching. Please click the icon on the left to subscribe to our channel. We bring you the most pressing issues California is facing with straightforward and in-depth interviews. See you in the next video.